Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends and partners. This is Scott Holtz. We greet you from Israel. Glory to God. Um, have a fresh manna for you from the throne room of heaven. And uh, this is powerful. It's coming forth very, very um, synchronized with what is happening in these last days. Uh, there's several different subtitles we could put to this. Um, I guess the overall category is time to be exposed. It's time for the light to expose us. And if you don't want to hear this broadcast, well, I pray for you to, to wake up in your discernment. It's time to recalibrate your discernment. Time to get the sin out. Time not to be compromised. Time not to get off the milk diet. Be men and women. Hallelujah. To be mature warriors in this hour. And those who want to be mature, those who want to go forward, those who want to uh, rescue souls, hallelujah, those who want to conquer the works of evil, glory to God. This podcast is for you today. Now, there's several different subcategories I just mentioned to you, but um, basically, let's begin in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is an awesome book. I encourage you to read it. Uh, throughout the book is a warnings of not falling away, not growing dull of hearing, not uh, shrinking back, running this race to win. Hallelujah. And I really enjoy reading the book of Hebrews the last few years. It's become really a powerful book in my own personal life. And I encourage everybody to do the same, to encourage one another. It's still called today. Hallelujah. This would be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. And we see in Hebrews chapter 5, in verse 7, in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplication and loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his piety. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Now we know that Jesus did not suffer sin or sickness. He was not a rebel. He was not doing something and caused to be put into the wilderness because of his own disobedience and decisions. What did he suffer? Well, um, the main sufferage we see in Jesus' life wasn't just the religious persecutors or the demonized they had to deal with or the unbelief. It was his separation from God, so to speak, at one time where he cried out, Abba, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, take this cup from me, yet not my will, your will be done. It's through that suffering of Gethsemane. We all talk about the blood that was on the cross. What about the blood he shed here in this land on the rock? where he made his will become God's will. Hallelujah. And that's the suffering I want to talk about today. Most of our experiences in life, our suffrages, our wilderness experiences, is where God is conforming us to his will and to evaporate our will. So the best thing you can do this hour is learn the dark secret place of Gethsemane where your will is crushed and becomes his will. You always know that sweet spot of where his will is is where you don't want to do something. You know, Jesus said, Lord, take this cup from me. I don't want to do it. Here's God in the flesh. Here is the Logos, tabernacled among us. Here is the very commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven, 
the, the prince of life, okay, in the garden, who says he does not want that. He was the Lamb of God before the foundation of the world. He had known this was his destiny, but he did not want to do it. Yet he bowed his knee to the will of him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's what I encourage you to do. Learn obedience in this hour. And you know, you can go through this desert 40 years or 40 days. It's up to you how long you want to go through this. Quickly get your will to become his will. And it says in verse 9, having been made perfect, he became to all who will obey him the source of eternal salvation, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melech Sadiq. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. So here's these Jewish believers that have been around revival, been around the glory of God, the signs and wonders, etc., and they've become dull of hearing. You know, the first commandment, brothers and sisters, is not to love the Lord your God. The first commandment is, hear, O Israel, and you shall love the Lord your God. You can't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor the same way unless you first listen. And so when Solomon asked for a hearing heart, Lev Shomea in 1 Kings 3, it pleased God very much. We need to continue to mine out and to recalibrate ourselves, not to become dull of hearing in this hour. Glory to God. And you say amen out there. In verse 12, for though this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. Interesting, isn't it? And you have not come, you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice they have trained their senses to discern good and evil. Notice they've learned to discern between good and evil. And that's probably... <laughs> One of the subcategories that really is driving this early morning podcast to you is I'm very concerned about the discernment level among ministers, among leaders, among the bond servants and handmaidens of God who love revival, who love the glory realm. I've become somewhat amazed by the lack of discernment of their choices, and we'll get into that in a few moments. But notice here, we're talking about strong food. We're talking about milk. We're not talking about a Keep on listening to these Winnie the Pooh messages about your destiny and how you can achieve the best in life and, and the, the, the heavy grace message, okay, and just feeding on milk. If you notice, I'm about to read Hebrews chapter 6 to you about leaving the elementary teachings and pressing on to maturity. And these six doctrines of pressing on to maturity has nothing to do with grace. Yes, grace of God is involved in all this, but the grace of God is the milk diet, the love of God, okay? We're really taught by God how much he loves us, okay? We're really taught by God to love one another. It is a simple fact, grace, okay? It is a milk foundational message for babes, okay? But we're not to just to sit around in this grace message, okay? Because then grace becomes a license to sin. We're to move on to maturity. And the Bible says here, let's press on out of these elementary teachings, chapter 6, verse 1 about Messiah, let us press on to maturity. And the word press on is the idea of an athletic event, pressing for the finish line. Hallelujah. Pressing on into maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, instruction about washings, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So we see a we're supposed to get out of the dairy, out of the milk. We're supposed to know these things already. And notice this idea of even strong food, okay, has to do with eternal judgment. 
That's why you don't hear much of this being preached on the major Christian media outlets right now, brothers and sisters. And that's why I've decided to go for it. Hallelujah. Whether we have people unsubscribe or turn us off or criticize, it doesn't matter. If they can criticize, I'm going to keep on evangelizing. Glory to God. The dogs can bark, but the caravan of God still moves on. We're following the cloud in this hour, and he's calling his warriors to a place of deep maturity, a place of strong meat for strong warriors, hallelujah, who by practice have learned to discern between good and evil. That's black and white, glory to God. And we're to leave behind the elementary principles and press on to maturity. We're to leave behind even faith, teachings about faith, okay, repentance from dead works, and these things that make up the fabric of who we are, the foundation of believers, of the scriptures, and we're supposed to move forward into the powers of the age to come. We're supposed to move forward into the things of eternal judgment. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. And that's what this message is about. It's time for us to be exposed so we can recalibrate ourselves in this late hour. And he goes on talking here about, and this is what we shall do if God permits. Well, God is permitting. He's wanting us to move into maturity right now. For in this case, those who have once been enlightened, have been tasted of the heavenly gift, and made partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word and of God and the powers of age to come, have fallen away, and it's impossible to move them again to repentance. Since they again crucify themselves, the Son of God, and put him to open shame. For ground that drinks the rain which often falls upon it, brings forth vegetation useful to those who sake its teeled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields storms and thistles, it is worthless, close to being cursed, and ends up being burned. So we see what's happened here the last 15 plus years has been a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. Rains from heaven have fallen. You may call it the renewal, the river, uh, holiness, uh, um, whatever you may want to call this tail end of the charismatic renewal, this move of the Spirit, hallelujah, this move of joy, the move of renewal, the move of worship, the move of extended meetings, etc., that have been going on. People call it revival, okay, or awakening. Brothers and sisters, this has just been the rain from heaven to fall upon the hearts of people, and whatever secret seeds you have been sowing in your heart will come up when the rains fall. It's like it here in Israel. This stuff can lay dormant for centuries, okay? But as soon as rains hit it, ooh, those thorns come up or those useful herbs and fruits come up. And that's what's happened. What we have seen as of late is as these rains have fallen, we're seeing unprecedented thorns coming up, unprecedented people falling away, unprecedented leaders, Levites who can't keep their Levites on, divorce, remarriage, Okay, all types of hideous sexual perversions, financial mismanagement, weird mystical prophetic movements, okay? Entertainment has taken a hold of the church and strangled it. People have lowered the bar of holiness, and people are now gathering themselves teachers to tickle their ears what they want to hear. And the Bible says that God sent this rain. And God, I'm convinced God has sent this rain to expose what is in people's hearts. So some can be cut off and burned, the rest can be, can be pruned back so more fruit can come forth. And brothers and sisters, it's not the time to fall away right now. It's the time to be exposed. It's the time to open up our hearts, come on, and press into maturity and be people of strong meat. Glory to God. Now, it says here, there's a little bit of a mystery scripture here, and let's turn to it as we switch into second gear. It says here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 of the Beatitudes, 
And remember, Jesus is preaching to predominantly Jewish audience that would know the scriptures, that would know the Torah. First five books of Moses by, by heart. Uh, they would be trained in knowing and hearing the word of God. And he makes a reference to the most powerful prophetic messianic, okay, and powerful prophetic chapter of the Bible, which is Deuteronomy 18. He says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, You are therefore to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Very interesting word usage here. Most, some translations say you should be blameless as your Father is blameless. The word perfect here is we get the Greek word teleos, which means to be complete or mature. The same word we use for telescope, okay? To get a more mature, okay, complete view of something. And so what actually Jesus is saying here, you're not to be perfect, okay? Perfect is not, you know, nobody's perfect except God. So don't be stumbled by this verse. Perfect is the idea of being mature or complete, okay? And it's taken exactly this context, you shall be perfect or mature as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's a direct quote from Deuteronomy chapter 18. Very interesting, isn't it? Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. So we see in Deuteronomy chapter 18, it's a portion for the Levites, okay? The inheritance of the Levites, those who are ministers. But it goes on and talks about entering the promised land and what they are to abhor, abstain from, okay? Where the line is drawn in the sand of what they can do and what they can't do. Brothers and sisters, open up your heart. It's time to be reproved, corrected, and exposed, So it says here in chapter 18 and verse 9, uh, you shall be blameless, verse 13 that is, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God, which is a direct quote, okay, that Jesus quotes from. But the context of it shows us how to be perfect, how to be blameless, how to be complete. And it says in verse 9, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. Isn't it interesting how Christians today are imitating the world? There's such an imitation of detestable things that the things you see happen in spiritual circles today, if that was to happen 50 years ago, people would be appalled. Okay? Have you noticed how the shepherds have lowered the bar of holiness in this hour? Well, let's keep on going. It says here in verse 10, There should not be found anyone among you who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer. One who casts a spell, verse 11, a medium, a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Now you can say, Brother Scott, I don't do that stuff. Come on. Those are reserved for people in Central Africa, or Haiti, okay, or the Satan groups. This meat secretly in the woods and sacrifice animals. Well, come on, folks. We know that already. But what is, what is trying to be said here, okay? What's being said here is that it's not so much doing these things openly, but allowing them in your midst. Remember Joshua? They destroyed Jericho. And one of the people decided to keep some of the idols in their tent. And they went to the next battle, which is a smaller city, and got whooped at Ai. And God said there's sin in the camp. And what did they do because of that sin in the camp? They took the family, the little ones, all their belongings, even their livestock, and killed them all on the spot. That's the curse. It was a ban that was brought in. Now, could there be 
a supernatural, mischievous, scheming way of the enemy. You know, it says in, in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're to stand on our guard post, okay? It's a military term against uh, our wrestling, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the schemes of the evil one. You know, the enemy does not come in with a, a pitchfork and a, a red suit, okay? He comes in as an angel of light, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He comes in as an angel disguised as a ministers of righteousness. Jesus said there'll be many false prophets in the last days, Matthew 24. I encourage you to get our book online. You can download a PDF file uh, for an offering. Basically, it's called The Mystery of Lawlessness. What does Jesus, Peter, Paul say about the last days, okay? And you'll be shocked to see that what's happening, written about in The Mystery of Lawlessness, is happening today in a very, very strong manifested level. It's time to hear the trumpet, brothers and sisters. So when we move back to this thing about spiritism, sorcery, witchcraft, interpretation of omens, okay, divination, etc., being totally forbidden in the scriptures. And it says here, For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. So the context of the Beatitudes, you shall be perfect or blameless as your father is blameless, is actually a direct reference to Deuteronomy chapter 18, speaking of a blamelessness, a completeness, a holiness that God is requiring of his people to have nothing to do with the fallen dark realm. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Now, brothers and sisters, let's talk about this quickly. Okay, some of you have heard this preached before. Some of you have heard it and grown dull of hearing. Some of you are hearing it for the first time. Some of you have not heard it from us, but the Holy Ghost has been speaking to you. Okay? And it's time for you to wake up and grow to maturity and discern, to train yourself, to understand, to have your radar on between what is good and right, what is evil and bad. Now it says here, sorcery, witchcraft, omens. Okay? That, without a doubt, is a full-blown manifestation of Harry Potter. And if you're a believer, you have no business watching, looking at, or reading anything to do with Harry Potter. If you have, and if you are, you need to repent now before the judgment of God comes on you for your witchcraft, okay? Have nothing to do with it. Burn the books. Burn the videos, okay? Repent and have nothing to do with it. If you have children that are watching this stuff, you better make sure what they're watching on their on their. Uh, their iPhones or on their computers is not this garbage coming into your house. It doesn't matter if World War III breaks out between you and your children. You are the priest, okay, of your house. You are the prophet of your house. Control the gates of your house. Now, if you're a wife and your husband's backslidden believer and likes to watch this garbage, you need to talk about it. You need to sit down and have a talk with them about it, okay? Because even though he may not want to change, you need to bring out that he's him or her are committing spiritual child abuse, you know, you can get thrown in jail if you sit there and get so mad at your kids, you start manifesting anger and beating them up. You can be thrown in jail for that for child abuse. Well, what about spiritual child abuse? The Bible says in Deuteronomy that God will visit the sins of the fathers, okay, to four generations. Could it be your children are suffering incurable diseases or allergies or asthma or, or rebellion or whatever else is going on because yourself, your spouse, or maybe grandparents, okay, committed sins, of rebellion, 
Now, I encourage you, I don't have time to talk about that now, but a great book is, is um, Blessing or Curse You Choose by the late Derek Prince. Awesome book. You can read through it and break those curses in your life. But I want to center back in on this thing of confronting sin in your house have to do with the occult. So we know that Harry Potter and witchcraft and sorcery and Ouija boards and tarot cards, uh, horoscopes, uh, tattoos, all these things are from the demonic realm. Okay, that's, if you're a believer, you should, have, you should be able to understand that. But what you need to train your senses and recalibrate yourself, okay, is movies, entertainment, okay, what you are watching and listening to, is it from God or is it from the devil? Now, it's interesting that Charles G. Finney, the great revivalist, <clears throat> he said that the greatest enemy of revival is innocent amusements. Okay? Innocence amusements. Now, I want to say that some of these amusements that we've called innocent are no longer innocent. And uh, let's back up here. The Spirit of God spoke to me back in the early 90s that Satan was going to send a flood of the occult against the church, okay? And a flood of the occult combined with sexual immorality to hamstring and pull down his mighty warriors. And we know that this is the, what Balaam did. Balaam came in with false prophetic and also the Moabite women to try to stop the children of Israel from entering the promised land. The enemy wants, you to, wants to stop you from entering your promised land. And the way he does it is through the occult, false prophetic, okay, operating through so-called Christians, and second is through sexual perversion. Now, come on, don't, don't, be, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. It's, I'm just getting warmed up, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We're here to whip you in shape. Glory to God. You pay a trainer to whip you into shape and make you sweat, okay, and get your heart rate up. Come on, you feel that lactic acid building your muscles and the pain, and you, and you thank him for it, or her. Well, you, you go to the dentist and have him drill on your teeth, and you feel pain, okay, and you pay him for it. So what's so wrong with, with a preacher, hallelujah, an on-fire Holy Ghost wild man, hallelujah, named Jesus, who lived in this land, who gets inside his people that want to be on fire, hallelujah, and start preaching to you by the Holy Ghost, one of his servants, the scum of the earth, nobody, that's me, hallelujah, to start preaching to you the word of the Lord today that you need to repent, you need to recalibrate yourself, and you need to get the sin out of your life. Do it, if you don't love yourself, come on, at least love your children, your family, and your people that are close to you. Be a man of God, be a woman of God, amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about this, okay? So God spoke to me many years ago. That Satan was coming in with deception, no cult, and he was coming in camouflaged under the banner of science fiction. That science fiction was Satan's camouflaged attempt to desensitize our culture to the fallen dark realm and prepare our culture for the visitation of the false prophet and the Antichrist. We ain't talking about innocent little science fiction movies from way, way, way long ago, like Lost in Space or something. I am talking about full-blown the occult. There is not anything in science fiction that is godly. There is nothing in science fiction, okay? Let me tell you, the last 15, 20 years of science fiction is nothing but a camouflaged bait of Satan to get people into the occult, into sorcery, into Wicca, into Mother Earth, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Now... As I began to travel, I noticed that people had problems and demons were coming out of people in the prayer lines. And God began to speak to me that people are, were watching the X-Files too much. 
And the X-Files at that time was the most popular science fiction show on planet Earth. And I remember we were doing revival meetings in Vancouver, and that's where the X-Files at that time was based out of and doing all their, their, their filmings. And the Lord told us during an outreach of Feeding the Poor, hallelujah, that there was an X-Files filming going on in the same parking lot for us to blow the shofar and pronounce judgment on the thing. And that actors would be born again. When we blew the shofar with over about 50 people, you can read about it in our first book, The Gentle Whisper of a Secret Place. Okay, prophesied. Exactly three days later, the whole outfit went into a tailspin, went bankrupt, and the X-Files is over, brothers and sisters. Come on, hallelujah. And one of the actors, a couple weeks later, came into our meetings. And uh, he heard me preaching about this. He got born again, hallelujah became on fire for God, and he later came up to me and heard me talking about sorcery and entertainment coming in, camouflaged through the media, entertainment, how it's hamstringing believers right now, and they don't even recognize it. Uh, you say, well, what do you mean? I mean, you know, I just had a group from New York here, and I took him over to Casaria, and I showed him the big aqueduct, and I said, you see that aqueduct there? It brought in lots of fresh water from the Carmel Mountain Range so the people in Casaria could live. But, you know, they began to find Romans throughout the Roman Empire. They, were, they, were, they, they began to have lead poisoning in their body. The archaeologists found this out. You know why? It's because they, used, they began, were using lead to seal the aquifers. And slowly, Romans that had done that on certain aquifers throughout the empire died of lead poisoning. And they didn't know what was happening to them. And the same thing I'm saying, you could be involved in lead poisoning in your life and not even know it. That's why you can't get healed. That's why your finances are, are, are up and down. That's why your kids are up and down. That's why you can't maintain certain victory. Come on, folks. Could it be you're under a spiritual contamination? And my job is to expose it today. Hallelujah. So this X-Files thing, we blew the show far and it disintegrated three days later. Amazing. One of the actors got born again, comes into services, and he began to share with me. He said, Brother Scott, don't stop what you're preaching. I was an actor on the X-Files, and many times that things were not happening properly, we would go and we would uh, begin to chant this certain name, some Aztec god, I don't know what it was, and we called it, you know, the flow would come into the set. And he described there was actually was a demonic energy that would come into the set. And I said to myself, that's what made the show so popular. There was a demonic anointing that anointed the people. It created a cult following, okay? It created a mystery. It created a revenue flow, and that's why it became so popular. It was demon-inspired. Demon demon-inspired. And so I began to take that to heart and listen. Okay, could it be that pastors are letting their people know they watch certain movies? And uh, the people are saying, well, pastor can do that. I can watch something a little, little worse. Or the pastors are watching it secretly, not telling people, and their messages are coming out of a very grace-heavy message because they know they need forgiveness and they're not able to move into the deeper meat of God, eternal judgment, repentance from dead works because they know they're not walking in it. Interesting, isn't it? So I began over the years to travel. And it was one of my jobs to confront leaders in love about their inordinate amounts of TV viewing, movies, DVDs, okay, etc. And you'd be surprised the churches that we went to when I would call altar calls for people to bring in all the demonic books and DVDs, whatever, in their houses. I'm not talking about people, you know, just bringing in stuff that there was a little compromise. I'm talking about truckloads of stuff would come in, truckloads, brothers and sisters, 
And I looked through some of the stuff that they would have before we burn it or crush it or run over it. And I was shocked that believers who love the Holy Ghost, who seem to be passionate, who want to serve God, would allow this stuff that is banned by the Scriptures even in their house. And I began to discover that there was an epidemic in the modern church that we're not blameless. We're not walking in the way we need to be walking. And so it continued. The Lord began to speak to me and says, I don't want you to watch the movie Titanic. And I said, why, Lord? So many pastors are using Titanic as an illustration of, you know, winning the lost, you know, or having compassion for people. It's a nice love story. And the Lord said to me, I do not want you to watch it because it will compromise your virgin mind. I didn't know what scene was in it that would compromise me, so I decided not to watch it. And, you know, I had pastors and elders all around the world blow head gaskets when I tell them that. Because they like the movie Titanic. Let me tell you something. Something's wrong if we're liking to be entertained by demons. If we're liking to be entertained by unsaved actors. If we like being entertained by Hollywood. If we like being entertained by producers and directors, okay, and and cameramen and grips and screenwriters that are demonized, that are anti-God, okay, anti-family, etc. I can go on and on about this. What is the, why are people hypnotized? Why are people so addicted to this stuff? Well, could it be that a demon has entered people's minds? That there is a curiosity of the dark realm? There is a spirit that has entered somebody and that's going to take the anointing of the Holy Ghost and a walk of holiness to purge it out of you. Now, the movie Titanic, I didn't want to watch it. And I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested in that stuff. Now it goes on. Now the theme came out of Braveheart. All oh, these youth groups dressing up like they're Braveheart, okay? Going out in the Scottish regalia, okay? And using it for the kingdom of God. Give me a break. I don't need Mel Gibson, who is an alcoholic, an adulterer, and an anti-Semite, excuse me, to, te- to feed me. Any brave heart. I get my brave heart from, from reading about Jesus and the mighty men and women of God in the Bibles. Hallelujah. In the Bibles where it's at. Not watching some movie Braveheart. And people got so mad at me. I'm like, where's your discernment, man? And so I decided, you know, maybe I'm wrong. So I decided to go to Blockbuster Video and get the movie Braveheart. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah, in the mid-90s, decided to get the movie Braveheart. And uh, my wife said, don't do it. And I said, well, so-and-so is watching it. That so-and-so at that time was Rick Joyner. And, well, so-and-so is watching. You know, Rick Joyner's got a big ministry, seems to be prophetic, whatever. Seems to be a voice in the church. And if he's watching it, why can't I watch it? And my wife said, don't do it. I don't want nothing to do with it. So I decided, well, it's all right. Rick Joyner is watching it. So I walked down the street, blockbuster video. My little son was with me, walked in the blockbuster, first time ever. And uh, we started walking down the aisle and saw all those garbage movies. My son said, ooh, look at this. I said, don't look at that, son. I closed his eyes. We got to the big advertisement, and there was Braveheart, okay? And uh, Mel Gibson dressed up like some wild man. And suddenly, the Lord spoke to me, do not rent this video. I grabbed it and got it. I turned it to its spine. It said, rated R. My little boy said, wow, Abba, does that mean revival? <laughs> as a, and I, as a father, couldn't say no. I was... In a place of compromise, I felt ashamed. I felt the Holy Spirit inside, secretly going, whoop, whoop, uh, 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 don't purchase this video. 
don't get it, don't get it, don't get it. But my mind says, come on, folks, this is where the war came in. My mind says, well, so-and-so, Rick Joyner and other ministries are watching it and endorsing it. And I justified it and pushed down and suppressed that witness, got the movie, went home. After five minutes or so, I turned it off and told all my kids to go to bed. They can't watch it. It was too violent. And uh, my kids said, well, why are you watching it? And they were right. Because that's the other standard you need to have. If my children can't sit next to me and watch a movie, then I have no business watching it. Because we have to be like children enter the kingdom of God. Another standard we need, if that movie you're watching on Thursday night, whether it be an internet site or a DVD or whatever, if you can't show it Sunday morning during high worship and not grieve the spirit and grieve people there, then you have no business watching it in the privacy of your home. Come on, amen. Oh, yeah, it's a hard pill for a lot to swallow. But you know what? I'm not holding any more, I'm not pulling any more punches anymore. I'm going to say it like it is because time is short. Come on, brothers and sisters. It's time to be strong soldiers with strong meat, not this milk toast messages anymore. To train your senses, to fight, to discern between good and evil. So it moves on here. Let's move on here. So we talk about the Lion King now. Say, what's wrong with the Lion King? Well, if you look at the Lion King movie, right in the middle of it, is uh, the, the, the monkey is a witch doctor and he's calling up demon spirits. Come on, folks, just look at the show. It doesn't matter if it's from Disney or from whatever. We're talking about demonized images coming through 3D or digital computer work. Come on, and it's not entertainment. It is demons coming in through that stuff, camouflaged. Let's talk about Mel Gibson some more, okay? So I told people, I'm not going to watch Mel Gibson ever again. And people got all upset with me, okay? And then, get this, then Mel Gibson came out with the, uh, the movie The Passion. And I went public, you can go to our website, Early Morning Man, and type in Mel Gibson or The Passion, you'll see the email I wrote about it. And I warned leaders and Christians worldwide, okay? I said, I have nothing to do with passion. I'm not going to endorse it. It is not an evangelical event. It is not something that's going to win people to Jesus. Okay, come on. God doesn't need some donkey of Mel Gibson's movie, okay? His uh, weird form of Catholicism to try to tell me who Jesus is. Plus, my Jesus doesn't look like that, okay? And I don't want his idea, his cinema art artistry as a producer to try to lodge any ideas or images in my mind what Jesus went through, okay, or was like. And people got all huffy and puffy at me. I said, you know what? I'll watch the movie Passion. If you think it's so great and so anointed and bringing so many people to Jesus, come on, hardly brought anybody to the Lord. It wasn't the great awakening that people talked, thought it was going to be. All of, the only thing that awakened was Mel Gibson's bank account with hundreds of millions of dollars. He purposely targeted Christians, Okay. Time to wake up and quit being naive. As we say in Hebrew, being a friar. Quit being so naive and wake up and see what Hollywood is doing. And so Mel Gibson, you know, <clears throat> I told people I want nothing to do with him. I don't care if he's been on TBN or what show or uh, what movie he wrote and had a so-called born-again experience. And, and this movie came out and helped people understand more what Jesus went through and what he did for us. Give me a break, folks. I said, where is the fruit in this dude's life? I want to see the fruit. Because the Lord spoke to me, you'll know what is really in Mel Gibson's heart by the next movie he makes. Well, I found out later that the next movie he came out with, after the passion faded down, 
was some Aztec demonized movie, Blood Sacrifice, okay, out of Central America, that was totally the opposite of what he portrayed himself to be a few years earlier through the movie Passion. Uh-huh. Come on, don't you feel ripped off? Don't you feel that you bought a lemon from a used car salesman? Come on, when are we going to wake up? And then shortly after that, he gets into a drunken tirade and starts blaming the Jews for all the problems in the earth and all the reason there's wars, okay? And he gets somebody uh, pregnant. and he, I mean, come on, folks. This guy, this guy is not a leader of the church. He doesn't have the inspiration. He said, oh, let's love him. Come on. We're not talking about loving people in the elementary stages of becoming a believer and learning how to walk. We're talking about mature believers right now, leaders and warriors. And so again, the Lord vindicated what we were preaching and blowing the trumpet about. And then we began to see all this Harry Potter come out. And let me tell you something. Harry Potter is nothing more than Satan's, it's not even camouflage now, it's Satan's direct attack against our children to train them and disciple them into witchcraft and sorcery. Okay? And we as believers have nothing to do with it. And many Christians out there looking for entertainment and looking for their stuff for their, their children to watch, okay, were caught off guard and, and just ran over by the Mack truck of the occult that hit our society, that hit our public schools. Come on. Folks, we are the salt of the earth. All it takes for triumph of evil is good men and women do nothing. What is these sites? What are these Christians that are so-called movie reviewers? We have no business watching these movies. We have no business paying. I know Christians are paying lots of money. Did you know that this year, this month of December 2009, <clears throat> is a record month for the box office, meaning people in Canada or America have bought more movie tickets and gone to movies than ever before in history. In the middle of a recession, why? People are wanting to get out of their problems and see a fictional you know, action movie or fictional something, a chess game for their mind logically, or to get into some type of uh, you know, fictional science fiction realm, or they want to see, feel lust, okay? Feel empowered by a good love story. Come on, folks. Why are you opening up the secret alabaster box of your heart, okay? to an emotional experience where Satan can rush in a little leaven, leavens the whole lump, and can scratch your hard drive, can mess you up. God warns us have nothing to do with the occult. And so now we're faced again. The same guy <clears throat> that I refuse to watch any of his movies or have anything to do with, okay, possessed, has now, as I read, okay, has now come out with Avatar. I hope I'm pronouncing that or mispronouncing it because I don't care I could care less about this movie as being the next generational 3D you know bombshell of Hollywood you know a watershed event whatever and it's going to be the biggest blockbuster ever and you know what gets me is that this thing I just look at the advertisement on the airplane in flight coming back from Sweden I don't look at the in flight advertisement this thing is demons this thing's worship of nature this thing is worship of wicca witchcraft, sorcery, it's anti-God. It's not even camouflage now. It's blatant. How can we as believers justify going to see a movie like this or seeing shows on TV like this or watching things on the internet that have to do with the occult and sorcery and spiritism? You say, well, I watched it and okay, I was grieved and felt a little slimed, but I repented for it and I moved on. That's not the issue. The issue of Deuteronomy 18, let's continue, it has to do with the prophetic. 
It talks about here, for the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your countrymen. You shall listen to him. Okay? I will raise up a prophet, verse 18, from among your countrymen like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Meaning, God is going to send a prophet on the order of Moses, on the order of being blameless like God is blameless. Hallelujah. That's telling us to totally separate from the occult and spiritism. That's, that's the chapter's uh, context. And this is the Messiah himself. This is one of the strongest Messianic passages in the, in the Old Testament. And now it directly relates to prophecy and prophets. It says in verse 20, But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And you may say in your heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So first of all, we see here that, that a true office of the prophet or prophetess brings godly fear, okay? Number two, it delivers the oracle of the Lord based on blamelessness with nothing to do with the occult, okay? It's on the same order of Jesus, same order as Moses. But here we see a differentiation of a prophet. It didn't say false prophet. instead said a prophet who speaks presumptuously. And I believe that's the critical point of what we're saying in this message to you today in this podcast, and I hope you're being blessed and challenged, is that there is many good prophets and prophetesses that are speaking presumptuously right now. Now, it's really, we're supposed to sit back and judge the fruit, okay? And judge the character. I have an orange tree and, and a grapefruit tree in my yard, Israeli species. And, you know, I sit there in the springtime and try to figure out which one is an orange, which one is a, is a grapefruit because the leaves are similar, the, the, the tree looks similar, the bark looks similar. Even when the fruit comes out during the whole summertime, I can't tell if it's an orange or a grapefruit. And it's not until late fall, early winter that boom, suddenly I can tell one is a grapefruit and one is an orange. And that's what I'm saying to you. You look at these ministries, okay? You've got to look at their character. You feel free to look at my character. Look at, judge the message they're preaching. But there's even more to that. You have to see if they're speaking presumptuously. Because you can always find out when somebody is secretly interfacing with the occult and dark realm through entertainment is when they start prophesying, okay, presumptuously. And presumptuously is a presumment and it doesn't happen. So let's talk about Y2K. We had a lot of people, major prophets, prophesying that Y2K would happen, and it never happened. We had people prophesying, Paul Cain and others, okay, were prophesying that, uh, uh, you know, Bill Clinton become the, was, became the most spiritual president we ever had. Never happened. Prophesied about Saddam Hussein. It never happened. Okay, come on, folks. We have uh, men and women of God that prophesied about hurricanes and they never happened or prophesied about this. I don't need to go through all these things because, you know, I, I'm like a card catalog. I got a great memory. I can just list these things for the next hour. I don't want to get into that unless you want to email me or call me and ask me some more specifics. But I want to say to you, I have seen a lot of people, even Benny Hinn, he prophesied, okay? He, I heard him prophesy 15 years ago there'd be a woman president that would destroy our country the next year. Well, the next year, we'd, <laughs> let me tell you something, Bush was elected. Come on. So what am I trying to get at? What I'm trying to get is that there's all these different ministries that may be good ministries, that may be good prophets, but they're speaking presumptuously. You know, I give example. You know, there's a, 
I used to live in a pastor's house when I first got out of uh, uh, undergraduate, was going to Bible school, um, working on my master's. And uh, the pastor's wife, one day at the dinner table in front of her old family, prophesied who I was supposed to marry. And you know what? And I said, you're wrong, because God told me I want to marry my wife, Dalit, and I don't know who you're, where, where you're listening from. And she was involved in all that spooky Kansas City mystical prophetic stuff that was flowing through John Wimber and, and uh, the House of Prayer and also Paul Cain. And uh, I said, you're wrong. Well, sure enough, that lady that she said I was supposed to marry, well, she's in her third marriage now, okay, uh, a crack addict. So what, 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 was she a false prophet? Well, I don't know if she's, a, I wouldn't say she's necessarily a false prophet, this pastor's wife, but I would say she spoke presumptuously. So I'm saying, what are causing all these people to prophesy this stuff and it doesn't happen? Look at Todd Bentley and all the stuff he prophesied and it never happened. Look at all the people that followed Paul Cain. Okay? And the guy was a sodomite and alcoholic. We knew it years and years before it was exposed. So I want you to help you get your, your discernment calibrated right now, brothers and sisters. I could go on and on and on. Why are good men and women, okay, whether some of these are prophets or false prophets, only God knows at this moment. But the fruit is there's a lot of presumption being prophesied. So what is the presumption coming from? You know, Rick Joyner prophesied that Mobile, Alabama, you know, several years back would be hit by a hurricane and an awakening would break out. What well, never happened? What's going on here? Why is it that Rick Joyner and Frost, okay, and Mike Bickle didn't know that Paul Kane was a sodomite until just a couple years ago when they actually wrote out the, uh, their letter of apology to everybody? You know, we knew it without even knowing the guy. Where is people's discernment right now? Why are people, so many people were, were watching nightly Todd Bentley on the God Channel? Come on. Can't the people tell that this guy, his theology is off? This guy has problems in his, in his marital life? This guy has problems in his character? And he has problems with his weird mystical thinking? Some angel named Ema would appear to him? Let me tell you what Ema means in Hebrew. It means mother. You know that? What, some angel named mother appeared to him? Last time I read the Bible, all the angels' names were masculine Hebrew names, not feminine names. You know, you, make, you can chuckle right now, but let's get serious. Why is there so much presumption going on in the body of Messiah? Well, it says here, the context of this prophet who speaks presumptuously and doesn't happen is the context of not being totally free of spiritism, the occult, and sorcery. So... Where has this angel of light crept in? Well, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, very, very powerful text. Let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. As I'm turning there, you know, it says in Romans chapter 16, I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, and the God of Shalom will crush Satan under your feet. God wants us to be virgins in our mind concerning evil. And wise in what is good. You know, can you imagine sitting there watching all that garbage? And you're seeing murder and rape and theft and cursing and um, you know, anti-Christian themes and sorcery and all the stuff being thrown into your brain. Think about it. And you, can, you want to be a pure virgin and you want to prophesy of a pure stream? I don't think it's going to happen. Whatever is pure and lovely, good report, let your mind dwell on these things and the God of peace shall be with you. If you don't have peace, it's because you're watching all this garbage. 
Okay, you're being entertained by this garbage. You're hanging out with a bunch of garbage. Uh huh. These are strong words for strong warriors. It says in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse two: For I am jealous with you with a godly jealousy. I am betrothed you to one husband, that the Messiah, that I might present you a pure virgin. So you know, when you get saved, it's not just oh, I'm saved now and I can go live like I want, you know, and God will forgive me. No, God wants you to be a pure virgin. And the next verse, but I, I'm afraid lest as a serpent deceive Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from simplicity and purity of devotion to Messiah. As I mentioned before, over and over, the last several years, that the snare of the devil in Second Timothy to capture people, the metaphor used by Paul was, number one, the enemy comes in to dupe you by evil influence. Come on, you want to be drugged by evil influences? That's what happens. You watch all this evil stuff. And you get drugged by it. You get hypnotized by it. And don't even know it. I don't know about you, but I ain't going to take it no more. <laughs> I ain't going to put up with this stuff. Don't you come and prophesy to me. Don't you send me an email and prophesy to me. Don't you call me and say you have a word for me. If I don't know where your hands and eyes have been. I ain't going to take it no more. I guarantee you, I'm not going to sit there and have people think that they're prophets and prophetesses, okay, and speak presumptuous words over me, unless I can first test what your character and your fruit is and what your entertainment level is. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Now, it goes on and says here that he comes in here to dupe by evil influences. I don't want to be drugged. Come on, you know the feeling. Come on, you sit there and just watch it happen. Just watch it happen. Sit there every night and watch cable and satellite TV and watch your marriage drift apart. Watch your kids go rebellious. Come on, folks. You know what you should do? You should cut off that 13 to 20 hours a week you're watching of the internet, okay, or that 20 plus hours or even five hours, whatever it may, the average may be per week. If you're watching of TV, cut it off and go exercise instead. You get off that excess poundage. Come on. Hallelujah. Kuraba shaka rakiti buhota. Oh, Lord, I pray you open people's ears to hear what the Spirit's saying in this hour. Warriors, it's not time to be duped by evil influences. Okay? Do not be intoxicated, hypnotized by the stimulus of high-definition TV and movies and videos and music. Box office, internet portals, don't do it. Repent in this hour. Get it out of you. It's Satan's way to dupe us through evil influences, okay? And the second is to numb the conscience. Your conscience will be numbed where it's not even, you're not even convicted anymore when you hear God's name used in vain on a movie. You're not even convicted anymore when you hear these, these, these curse words. You're not even convicted anymore when you see a sex scene, adultery scene. You're not even convicted anymore when you see bloodshed and gruesome murder. Come on, you're there because you're drugged by evil influences. Come on. Somebody out there needs to wake up. Hallelujah. You know, you say, why? Listen, you could be a minister of revival and know the lingo and know history of revival and know how to prophesy and flow in the gifts that God's already given you and have a certain anointing, but you can live a different lifestyle behind, okay, and be filtering your brain through being duped by evil influences, especially the occult and a lot of these movies coming out, especially Avatar, the latest one. Don't get slain by that thing. If you've already watched it, repent. Don't go to it. 
It will, you say, well, I won't go to hell. God will forgive me. I ain't talking about going to hell right now. I ain't talking about just God forgiving you. I am talking about you not being set up to become presumptuous and not really hear what the Spirit is saying. Turn your radar on. Be wise in what is good. Come on. The Bible says expose evil. Let light come and expose the darkness. We got to redeem the time the days are evil. We need people that are accurate prophetically. That can tell commanders, hallelujah, of counterterrorism units. This is where that terrorist is. Go in there to go and tell police department. This is where that missing child is. To go, hallelujah, and point out sin in people's lives. Kurobasha, they can be rescued. Come on. Groko, raka, mata. Numb the conscience. He wants to numb your conscience where you're not convicted anymore. You're not convicted about divorce and remarriage. You're not convicted about not tithing. You're not convicted, okay, about your cursing attitude. You're not convicted anymore about what you watch. You're not convicted about the things you do in secret and where your eyes wander. You're not convicted anymore about how you make money. You're not convicted, okay, about the movies you watch. Your conscience is benumbed and you're, you're in the snare of the devil and don't even know it. Because he'll give you some wiggle room. He'll cut you some slack, but he's still got a noose around you. The next thing that happens, confuses the senses. Your senses will become confused that you won't even be able to tell the difference between fiction and reality. You'll live in a fiction world through the internet. You'll live in a fiction world through gaming. You'll live in a fiction world through watching movies and series, okay? You become addicted to it. Okay, and then you're preaching if your ministry will start being based on 24 or this movie or that movie or Survivor or whatever. And you become like everything is filtered through that and then God is speaking to you. Give me a break. Ain't God speaking to you? That's your own mind speaking to you, okay? Probably being propelled by some demon spirit that's duped you and confused your senses. And the next verse of this metaphor in chapter 2, into chapter 2 of St. Timothy, is now you're captivated to do his will. You're now doing the devil's will and don't even know it. Brothers and sisters, we don't need you to be a POW. We don't need you MIA, missing in action. We need you on the front line, strong soldiers with strong meat. Hallelujah. Able to discern between what is good and evil, moving beyond repentance from dead works, moving into eternal judgment and these powers of the age to come and not falling away in this hour. Hallelujah. Now it's interesting here, we go back to 2 Corinthians 11.3. It says here, I'm afraid lest this serpent deceive Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Messiah. Folks, it's so simple. You've got to be pure. Jesus ain't coming back for a church in bed with the world. Come on, you think, you think Jesus is going to sit and watch this garbage? It's full of the occult. It's all anti-God, especially Avatar. Don't pay the money to see it. Repent if you've seen it. Repent if you have a desire or want to see it. Get out of it. Hallelujah. It doesn't glorify God. It's Antichrist system. It's the Antichrist system to deluge our society, to numb your conscience. Come on. We can't have nothing to do with the occult. And the movie's full of it, I understand. I'm not seeing, not interested in seeing it. Now it goes on and says here, verse 13, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Messiah. And no wonder for even... Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Now, I was a little 
disturbed in my spirit this week and I need to send out the warning. Somebody forwarded me an email by a well-known revival minister that has stood up and exposed different excesses in the mystical prophetic movement. Okay? And himself has tried to return his listeners and different believers back to the Foundations Revival and a lot of good stuff on his website, a lot of good stuff he preaches, and I've appreciated his ministry. However, he decided to go movie, see the movie Avatar and wrote a, 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 a thing on it, a review about all the anti-God and all the Wiccan, all the witchcraft in it, whatever, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, what? And so I, I did a Matthew 18 process right now. I sent him an email in love describing that you need to repent because a man of your caliber and a ministry of your caliber has no business going to a movie even to watch that because what kind of signal does that send to younger believers? They can go see it also? Come on. Number two, you've just been slimed by the occult that's loaded in that film and we are commanded. You think Moses, you think Joshua would have the same pity on you? Come on. You mean break? It's the same sin as AI. It's the same idolatry. It's the same thing. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot sit there and be lukewarm. You can't check out. Oh, I'm gonna go watch a great 3D production, okay? And not be slimed by this thing. It's full of it. It's like going in a smoke-filled room and not coming out smelling like a rose. You're gonna smell like smoke. You've been slimed, okay? And I sent him a Matthew 18 appeal based on things I've already preached to you right now, saying to him that he needs to repent publicly to all the sheep that are following his ministry for lowering the standard of holiness, lowering the bar. We should have nothing to do with the occult realm. We are warned and have nothing to do with that occult realm. And let's see where he comes back. If he, doesn't, if he comes back with a negative attitude and justifies himself and doesn't listen, then I'll have to go public and I'll mention to you later who this person is. But right now, let's give him a gap of godly sorrow to work on him. I delivered the word of the Lord to him. And let's see if this ministry uh, is able to write itself up, hallelujah, and escape from the snare of the devil. Pray for him that he will. So, brothers and sisters, what I'm getting at is that even well-known revival ministers that are preaching revival are going to see movies, are going to have their brain influenced by this garbage. And it's not so much having your brain influenced and you can walk out of the movie and still think you're a Christian and whatever. That's not the point. The point is there is a spiritual sliming going on. There's a spiritual deception. Satan doesn't come in immediately and try to deceive you. It's layer upon layer, like layers or layer of paint, okay? One shellacking, then the next shellacking. Until eventually, come on, you're numbed in your conscience. You really can't have a navigation buoy, what is good and what is evil. There's too many gray areas going on in your life. And that's when this prophetic presumption kicks out. And this is why we have so much prophetic presumption in the body of Christ today. Well, brothers and sisters, I pray that you can hear what's being said right now. I pray that you can be uh, wise and recover yourself from the snare of the devil. Let me end here with James, very powerful text, the book of James. And uh, again, if you have questions, you need help. Some of you may need an anointed shofar blast. You know, when Balaam was trying to curse Israel, Numbers 23 says there's no curse or divination against Israel because the blast of the trumpet is among them. So there's an anointing on this trumpet when we blow it that blast out sorcery, hallelujah, blast out witchcraft, 
blasts out the uh, slamming effect of, of, of the occult. Glory to God exposes witchcraft, exposes Jezebel, exposes the false prophet. Hallelujah. And if you need that, just feel free to call and we can do that over the telephone for you. Hallelujah. Amen. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So it says here in James chapter 4, it says here, you adulteresses, verse 4, you don't know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Friendship. That's what I mean. That's friendship with the world system. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You think the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit he's put with, made within us. He gives greater grace, okay? Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, what does it mean to submit to God? We've been talking about how to resist the devil, how to resist being slimed, how to resist being moved into presumption. If you've been presumptuous, you prophesy things that were not there, you better check up on your entertainment time and repent of it and fill that void instead with Holy Ghost commando assaults, hallelujah, with the word of God, with deep, strong Gethsemane groanings and cryings, hallelujah, and all out worship, hallelujah. That will keep you clean, keep you pure, keep you on the highway of holiness to open the eyes of the blind in this hour. It goes on and says here, uh, submit therefore God, resist the devil. What does it mean to submit to God? Well, it's in verse, it's beautiful, in verse 5 it says, the spirit which he has made to dwell in us jealously desires us. So what you're going to feel is this jealous desire of God, because you are the temple of God, who's jealously going to desire. You submit to his jealousy, hallelujah. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Hallelujah. Well, you got to submit to it. You got to submit to this process of fearing the Lord, of hating evil. But then, sisters, I, I understand the process because my job, I've been trained to, to move in this realm, to help get people set free, but doing it for many years. Uh, and I'm very excited and I feel a great privilege to help people out, get them set free from this. Hallelujah. But you may say, well, you know, are you sure? Well, search the scriptures, okay? It's so simple. There, why, the world system even puts movie ratings out there. R does not stand for revival. And PG does not mean pretty godly. Even G shows have lowered the standard. Brothers and sisters, what's happening is Satan is trying to get a hold of the loins of your mind. He's trying to make you feel an impulse of fear, an emotional good love story, uh, a, 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 a entertainment, a rush of adrenaline, uh, something in your soulish department, okay, to cause you to become hypnotized, to become addicted, to become entertained. Entertain means to entertain you. And that is the process where he begins to dupe you and fill you with evil influences and confuse your senses. It's time for your senses to be unconfused. It's time to know between right and wrong. Time to have strong meat. And folks, if you do not move forward in this hour, there's a risk of you falling away and never making it to heaven, Hebrews 6 says. We're here to help you get out of that, to move forward. Well, it's been an hour on this audio podcast. We've got more to share with you. We'll come up with it. But anyway, watch out. Stay away from the movie Avatar. Stay away from science fiction. Stay away from all this garbage out there. Find that sweet place. Sweet, return to your first love in that sweet spot. Hallelujah. Repent. Cry out to him. Let godly sorrow work that repentance. Hallelujah. And God will give you entertainment and spontaneous missions on a daily basis. 
that's more exciting than any stupid James Bond movie out there. Hallelujah. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. We're here to bring you rivers to flush you out. Hallelujah. Of any dark valley of death you may be in. Glory to God. I encourage you to pass out this audio. Pass it on to other people in this MP3 file. Um, forward it. Send, send references, links to others. Let people understand what's happening right now. Glory to God. You know me say, well, what other justification do you have for preaching this? Well, the Word of God, first of all, the Holy Ghost inside of me. Second of all, third, the fruit I've seen. I've seen an incredible accuracy in our ministry of prophesying and things happening. I've seen incredible accuracy in doing things of walking in divine health. Hallelujah. Walking in divine provision. Walking in divine protection. Doing counterterrorism exploits. It's just amazing. And my job, I want to see more people. Hallelujah. I want to see more people brought into this place of being champions for God. Now, do you consider yourself a champion? Well, whatever God wants to call me is fine, but I really like to consider myself the scum of the earth, the, 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 the dreg of all things, but that increases the power of God and keeps us in the right perspective. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're nothing. He's everything. We greet all the fellow warriors out there. We greet all of our partners and fellow comrades. Hallelujah. We appreciate you trusting us in this Middle East mission, in this theater, final front, hallelujah. We're just uh, a few minutes south of Armaged- the Valley of Armageddon. Uh, we have wonderful things happening here. The fishing is awesome. Glory to God. Keep sending more supplies, more provision, more airdrops, hallelujah. We're using it for his glory. Right now, Dalit's in Spain ministering to the gypsies. She'll be back in a couple days uh, with her sister, and it's wonderful. Glory to God. So I'm here at home pumping out these messages when God's speaking to me. And it's so beautiful. When God told me to preach this message today, driving back from Tel Aviv area on Highway 4, the most gorgeous rainbow appeared right in front of me. Hallelujah. And then I called somebody on the telephone immediately to rebuke him for their, for their compromise. In love, of course. Rebuke him. Expose him. And right when I said that, man, the, this rainbow appeared in front of me. And when I finished the call, the rainbow disappeared. Hallelujah. Just amazing atmospheric disturbances going on. We love you guys. Stay in contact. Keep yourself clean. Hallelujah. Here we go. We're about to go into the next realm of glory. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. 
Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord, save me, forgive me, cleanse me, take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.